It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio every morning and also on Spotify and Apple. And wherever you get your podcast from, we are releasing one every day, and that's where you'll find us. It's a Tuesday morning, the sixth day for September of 2022. The RBA is going to be making up its mind later on today and we'll be bringing you the result the minute that it happens and just a reminder here if you are not already following us on the many different podcast platforms then it's a timely reminder if you want to be notified every time we publish an episode that's all you have to do right then for the likes of later on today when the RBA announces the result you get a notification from our breaking news podcast with not only the there may be some other information to go along with it. So all you need to do is just follow us and those notifications will come through. And coming up in just a moment, we're talking with Sam Saad, talking about contracts and conveyancing. And if you're doing any form of property negotiations at the moment and you're not sure about any of the wording, the phrasing, make sure that your lawyer is going through that as only he or she can. It's your real estate podcast for breakfast. And our road trip in Queensland is continuing tomorrow. It's a virtual road trip and we've nearly reached Rockhampton and from there we'll be heading to Mackay, catching up with Danielle Law from Pinpoint Property, which is coming up on Thursday. So nice to be able to go on a road trip and bring you some of the information from these areas that we haven't heard from before. If you're celebrating your birthday for RBA Announcement Day for the 6th of September, have a great Tuesday. You're celebrating your birthday with Idris Elba, the English actor. He is turning 49 today. Uh, From the history books, 1870, a woman casts her vote in the US for the first time. It happened, though, in local state elections, not national, and they didn't extend the voting right to women in the national elections until 1920. In fact, New Zealand was the first country in the world to give women the right to vote in national elections, and that happened in 1893. It's your weekday real estate breakfast with news, interviews and predictions every morning on the Real Estate Podcast. It's the main centre forecast with PRD, selling smarter every day. All right, let's check on your weather around Australia. First, we go to Sydney and good morning to you. Expecting another wet day, a high of 17 degrees. Partly cloudy, but it should be mainly dry in Melbourne and your high of 18 degrees, so a warm temperature. Brisbane, also partly cloudy with dry conditions and 22 is your forecast top. And in Perth, expecting the rain as well and your high of 17 degrees. We talk with leading property commentators with analysis, predictions, forecasts and what's trending every morning from 6.30. Let's talk Property Contracts and Conveyancing, a podcast series with Sam Saad. 
Well, there are many people looking at entering the commercial property market right now, and people are increasingly looking at different portfolios too within the commercial sector. So commercial property, it's an area that we've talked previously about requiring the right legal advice for. And having an experienced commercial lawyer when you're buying a commercial property is absolutely vital to make sure that you are protected. It's an uncharted territory when you're buying your first commercial property versus a residential property. It is not the same. It's apples and oranges. So to help us explore this topic this morning, we have Sam Saad, who is the partner and owner of Clinch Long Woodbridge Lawyers. You'll find them at clw.com.au. And firstly, Sam, let's start off with what are the main differences between a commercial and residential purchase? Yeah, thanks for having me back, Craig. Look, there's a few things that are quite different about commercial and residential purchases. One of the main things is there's no cooling off periods for any commercial properties as opposed to residential purchases whereby there's normally a five business day cooling off period in some states. One of the other major things for commercial properties is that leasing is the cornerstone of any commercial property and that's the thing that needs to be focused on. You need to understand how that piece fits in the puzzle of the overall picture and what tenants do and how their business is running and the due diligence on that is quite important around buying a commercial property. And finally, there's, you know, each state's different. So you need to make sure that you understand the different nuances of each state when you're buying a commercial property compared to a residential property. Yeah, just coming back to that leasing and understanding the leasing and the contract, I think that's one of the big areas, isn't it, when people are thinking about residential and they go, oh, well, you know, I know how to do a contract. I've got five houses, residential, you know, how hard can it be? But it's that leasing component that can really trip people up. Yeah, that's right. Because with residential properties, most of the time, they're quite standard and vanilla leases that are just put together by real estate agents. They're all templates, they're all the same. But when it comes to commercial properties, all leases are different. You know, any landlord can have a different lawyer and each lawyer will draft their own lease. There's no basic template that fits in for all leases or commercial leases across each property. Yeah, so that is an area that you've really got to pay a lot of attention to. And I want to ask you this, what do you cover in your commercial due diligence process? Look, there's quite a bit of detailed information that we go through in our due diligence process. There's a few areas. One of the first things and the biggest things is obviously the lease. We go through that with a fine tooth comb. Need to make sure, you know, bank guarantees are in place, the necessary securities, the options, the terms still sufficient. There's enough time on the lease to go ahead. Then the next thing that we go through is the contract and looking at that and comes along with that is the searches that we have to do. So contract review searches together, that goes into detail about the property itself, the surrounding areas, the council, what it fits into, whether there's any red flags that arise when we're doing a legal due diligence. So these are usually quite important things for a buyer because a contract is what you're bound by when you go to buy a commercial property. And then other things we do are things with council that we check off and building and pest correspondence. So most of the time, you know, clients will do a building and pest report or strata report, and we'll try and make sure that if there's any defects or issues with the property that we get them dealt with prior to a party going unconditional. Usually there's a 28 day or so due diligence period that takes place when you're buying a commercial property. And you mentioned searches. Is there any one thing that you can throw up? Because obviously searches are done with residential. Is there a particular hook with searches that people should be super cautious about? 
Yeah, look, with building searches, one of the most important ones is outstanding notices against any property. Sometimes there could be notices against a property that you're not aware of and, you know, that a vendor may have received, but you haven't found as a buyer. Things such as, you know, building orders or rectification or fire certification orders, which all could be quite costly things. And if you don't pick them up during your due diligence process, all these items pass with the land. So if for whatever reason you don't pick them up and you find them later, the council or whoever's involved in it will pursue you as the owner of the property, irrespective of you know whether you were or were not the owner at the time when that actual notice was issued. Yeah, so why is there different pricing across different states? People will be very interested in this. Not only is there different pricing with different states, also between different lawyers. Yeah, that's right, mate. And look, one of the things is that each state obviously runs a little bit differently and each state has its different steps and processes. So sometimes costs will vary between state to state. But not only that, you know, sometimes you'll find in some states that the prices are different, even though it's the same process across each state. But commercial lawyers and their levels of experience will allow them to charge different fees. Some lawyers go into quite detailed due diligence and therefore they charge a little bit more. And sometimes it's worth that additional penny that you pay at the start to make sure that you're not sued later or there's not a thirty dollars or $50,000 outstanding rate or notice or something that's coming out of that. And also sometimes people will use their residential lawyers for commercial purchases and thinking that they're the same thing, but you need to have a different eye of detail for commercial properties. Mm, yeah, for sure. And do lawyers get involved in the finance advice side on commercial properties? I think that's certainly something we should talk about. Yeah, look, lawyers usually have to give independent guarantee advice when you're buying a property because most of the time people buy commercial properties either through their super or through companies or through their trusts to allow them to have longevity in what they're buying and they're usually set up for long-term wealth. So if that's the case, most of the time we'll need to jump in. Banks will require to have independent legal advice and usually that's for the guarantors and directors of the company. That's almost always needed alongside when you're buying a purchase of a property. In residential purchases, usually you're buying things in your own name. So no guarantee advice is usually needed. So how scary is that from a lawyer's point of view, having that uh, guaranteed advice? Look, it's something that happens quite often these days. It's made as a protection for banks to allow people not to set up shelf companies and sort of walk away if something goes wrong. It's quite standard. It's almost needed across every industry. If you're going to buy something, you're going to need it. But at the same token, you know, when you're buying a commercial property with 60 or 70% OVR, there's, you know, it's got to be pretty bad price drop or something that goes wrong with the property before the banks come after you individually. There's usually enough fat in it to allow a bank to sell the property, get their money money back and move on without having to go after a guarantor. But also sometimes banks will come back after parents if they've given a personal guarantee for whatever reason on a commercial property. So that's where things can go wrong. All right. So some great takeaway points there. I'll let you get on with it. No doubt another busy day, Sam, and we'll talk in a couple of weeks time. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 